Would you bow your heads in prayer? Lord, grant that this day the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth would be pleasing in your sight, that your word might be preached to the joy and edifying of your holy people, that in steadfast faith we may serve you, and in the confession of your name abide until the end. In your name we pray, amen. You know, on um, Facebook, the last several months, the congregation in Germany has been posting videos of the bell choir. And uh, they're taking, kind of taking the whole sanctuary to play, and um, it's uh, socially distanced. But one of my favorite parts is they kind of have a camera on each member, and one of my favorite parts is a special needs young man. He must be in his 20s, Eric. And his mom, who is a native... Texan, married to a German, playing the bell. He has one bell, and as they play, his mom sways with him to the beat of the music so he knows when to come in. And every time I think about that, I think about the special needs young men and women that I've known in ministry. And every one of them has been a unique blessing. I have a picture of a couple of them in my office given to me by their parents, if you want to see them. One is Eric. The other is of a young man whose funeral I ended up doing. And I remember being at the hospital with his parents. He was in his 20s when he died. And all they could talk about was what a blessing he had been in their lives. They told me the story of when he was born. And they talked about, they said, Pastor, it, we didn't know that we were going to have a special needs son. He said it was sort of like you were on a trip to Rome. But when you got off the plane, you were in Amsterdam. It wasn't Rome. It wasn't what we were expecting. It was disorienting at first, but then you soon realize that it's a lot of cool things to see in Amsterdam, too. And they talked about the fact that in the gift of their son, they came to recognize that God had favored them with blessings they would never have received otherwise. And you know, that's pretty much what I hear from every family with a special needs child, person. It was, and they see it as, a gift of God's favor. Well, you know, the angels in the very first 
I'd say the very first Christmas carol, which is right smack dab in the middle of our um, reading from the gospel today. That's what they tell us about the birth of Jesus. Glory to God in the highest, they sing, and on earth peace among men on whom his favor rests. Christmas teaches us a couple of very important things about the favor of God. And the first is that it is never deserved. You know the people in this story in Luke 1 and 2 are there because they were super godly, that they were super special or had somehow earned a special place in God's sight. They were there purely because of God's gracious choosing. Think of Elizabeth, who had been barren and was suddenly gifted with the gift of a child. Think of the words that she spoke. The Lord has done this for me, she said, in these days he has shown me his favor. Or think of what the angel said when it came to Mary the first time to announce to her that she was going to have a child to this 14, 15-year-old girl, a sinner like any other, a teen like any other, undeserving, and yet God chose her anyway. That's what the angel says. Greetings. Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. Think of the shepherds. We talked about that last night. They were terrified. They knew that they were sinners. Why did the angels appear to them? Were they about to get what they deserved? No. They were to be told, the first to be told, the good news of great joy, the Savior had been born, Christ the Lord. To be favored by God is to be loved by him in spite of everything. That's true for you and me. No matter what others may think, no matter what you or I may Think about ourselves, and we know the truth, don't we? We know what goes on in here and what goes on in here, and we're not proud of that. We know the words and remember the words we've spoken in anger. We know the things that we've done that we shouldn't have done, things that nobody else knows about. We know there's no reason for God to favor us. And yet, what do the angels sing? Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests. How can we be sure? Well, the shepherds, they were told, you want to be sure? Well, this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And they hurried off to Bethlehem, and sure enough, there he was, just the way the angels had told them. You want to be sure? Well, in a few moments, 
Jesus invites you forward. And today, the manger and the swaddling clothes are bread and wine. And here he gives you Jesus himself to taste and see, to eat and drink. Here is the proof God says that no matter what you may deserve, I love you anyway. First thing Christmas teaches us is that God's favor is undeserved. Second thing is that God's favor doesn't always look like favor. At least not at first. That's, that's what those parents were telling me about the birth of their son. That's what they were trying to explain about getting off in Amsterdam instead of Rome, that at first it didn't look like God had favored them. This wasn't where they had planned on being. But it was. Think of the people in the story. For Zechariah, the favor of God meant he couldn't talk for nine months. That may have been a favor to Elizabeth. For Mary, she would be ridiculed. She would be gossiped about. The rumor that her child was illegitimate would follow her and him their entire lives. You see it in John 8 where they look at Jesus and they say, we're not illegitimate children. As if to say, like you, Jesus. She and Joseph would have to, uh, because of the favor of God, would have to make an arduous journey 70, 80 miles south, one month left in her pregnancy. She would give birth in a cave. Right? Not in the inn. She would, the favor of God would mean for Mary that one day she would have to stand at the foot of the cross and watch her eldest son die an agonizing death. See, sometimes we look at life and we wonder, where is God's favor? It's hard to see it. When you lose a job, hard to see it when your spouse is diagnosed with cancer, when, when you're stuck at home and can't go see your family because of a pandemic. Hard to see it when your teenager is in a car accident. How is that God's favor? You know, my, my sister... Bobby, and you hear me talk about her all the time, especially at this time of year. Um, when she was, she had been perfectly normal until two years old when she was contracted tubercular meningitis. And at that time, the medicine that they gave her was brand new, a favor from God, right? The medicine did severe damage to her brain and left her deaf. Where was the favor of God? In that, in notes that I read, my mom had journaled at that time, 
it was very obvious that she was struggling with that, that it was easy to feel more cursed than blessed. Well, think about the child that Mary gave birth to. He was born to poor people, not to a king. He was born in a cold cave, not a warm castle, laid in a hard manger, a stone manger, not a comfortable crib. At his baptism, the father would say to him, you are my son whom I love, with you I am well pleased. But I want you to think about what the well-pleasing of God meant. It would mean rejection for Jesus, betrayal. Suffering, death. It would mean that in the end, even his own father would turn his back and forsake him on the cross. How is that the favor of God? And yet the truth is, that is precisely the favor of God. For he was born for this purpose. He was born to turn the blessing the curse of sin into the blessing of forgiveness. He redeemed us from the curse of the law, the Bible says, by himself being cursed for us. That's what God was doing in the life and in the death of Jesus. And on the third day, that's when God took back the veil. That's when he turned the curse into a blessing. He raised his son from the dead and made him source of life, eternal. It's because of what happened to Jesus that we live in the confidence that no matter what's going on in our lives, no matter what happens, even at the worst moments, we can be sure that we are a people on whom God's favor rests. Last night I shared with you, and I think you've probably heard this before, the truth about shepherds in Jesus' day. They were despised. They were outcasts. They had a reputation as thieves. They were shunned by the good people. And yet God showed them his favor. He chose them last night to be the first to hear. He took them to Bethlehem. They met the Savior. Their lives were transformed. Finding the baby in the manger, they became a blessing to all, a blessing whose story we read 2,000 years later. They became that night the very first Christian missionaries, the Bible tells us, who spread everywhere the word concerning this child. the way it is with God's favor. You can have confidence in it. How was my sister's illness a blessing? I can say without a doubt that my other sisters, Kathy and Lois, and I are walking in the faith 
because of the faith that God worked in Bobby's heart. The faith that my special needs sister shared with me. Folks, we live in a world where people don't know that favor. Where sometimes people wonder if God exists at all. Where some people see things happen like we've talked about today and they're angry with God. God is unfair. God isn't here. God isn't listening. And He puts you and me next to them at work, next to them in our neighborhood, next to them as family members at the Christmas table or today on Zoom. He puts us there as people who have the same struggles. We are walking through the same pandemic that everyone else walks through. But there's one difference. We've been to the manger. We know who that child was that was laying in that manger. We know why he came. And he puts us into the lives of our friends and neighbors so that like those shepherds, we might spread everywhere the word concerning that child. So that people might know your friends, your family, your neighbors, your co-workers, that they might know the good news of great joy, which is for all the people. The Savior has been born. Because of Jesus, God's favor rests on man, on you, me, on them. Merry Christmas. Amen.